Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get a cattle market update from Brian Peria with Canfax. Also, we'll check in with Pulse Canada and get an update on the lentil situation with India. Up first in today's country comment, we'll get a weather update from Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The forecast is calling for rain later this week, which is welcome news for farmers. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. Oh my, it's definitely dry. <laughs> You know, we have uh, some substantial uh, problems with moisture at the moment from uh, parts of northern Minnesota and uh, parts of North Dakota right on northward through a big part of uh, Manitoba. And uh, there are other areas to the west, of course, extending back into Saskatchewan, even parts of Alberta that are also hurting rather significantly for moisture. And the situation has got to the point now where you know, seeds are being put into the ground, but there's no moisture there, so they're just waiting for rain. And uh, the situation is pretty stressful. And, of course, with the way the wind and the heat has been here over the past couple of days, we're just losing more and more moisture, and we've got to get away from this. And it's, the sooner we do it, you know, the better our crops are going to be down the road. Looks like there is rain in the forecast uh, for this week. What are you expecting to see? Yeah, there, there's a succession of weather disturbances that are expected to move across uh, both the northern U.S. plains and Canada's prairies, and we will see relief coming up. Uh, we'll get rid of the excessive heat, and we'll likely see at least two waves of precipitation, if not more. Uh, the first round of precipitation, I always urge a lot of caution when we are in a severe drought and we get that first storm system there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to expect to see good rains. And the reality is you bring that moisture into an extremely dry atmosphere, and what happens is the storm literally evaporates. The moisture in the system will be lost through the evaporation process. So the first round of moisture that's likely to occur here as we get to Thursday into Friday is not likely to generate meaningful moisture. Now, there, there will be a few exceptions, and maybe uh, the area around uh, uh, Winnipeg and, and, and southeastward from there to the U.S. and Ontario border, there might be a nice little corner there of precipitation that, that might run, you know, maybe 5 to 20 millimeters or a quarter to three-quarters of an inch. And, uh, but the rest of the province isn't going to do that well with this first disturbance. Now, there's a second one that's coming up, that's coming up and it, it is expected to impact the region as we get out into uh, Friday night and especially on Saturday. And that one has a little bit better potential. It'll have some moisture to work with left over from the previous event, and uh, the atmosphere will just be in a little better mood, so to speak, so that we could get some rain to evolve. And I would think that we'll probably see coverage in the province relatively close to about 80 percent, uh, but that's 80 percent of some kind of measurable moisture. The, the interior south and central parts of the province will probably do best with this, and we'll look for totals that will run from 8 to around 20 millimeters. Now, some of the computer forecast model data suggests it will get up over 25, maybe even to 30 or 35 millimeters in a few spots. 
But again, I urge a little caution here because we're still dealing with a pretty serious drought, and I think there's still going to be enough dry air around. It'll be hard to get generalized amounts in that kind of a range. But I do think that, like I said, we can certainly see you know, the 8 millimeters to 20 millimeters, which is 3 tenths to 8 tenths of an inch, and uh, I think that'll be uh, really nice, helpful, settling the dust, improving uh, crop uh, germination and emergence conditions. And then we'll wait and see if we can get a third system to come along. Today's forecast models are suggesting that third event, if it's going to occur, will show up sometime on Monday going into Wednesday of next week. And after the two previous events have passed through the region, there will be a little more moisture in our atmosphere that would help to generate a better rain. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed on that event. It is too far out in time right now to have a lot of confidence, but we will get at least a third round of precipitation that will help to moisten up the ground. Are things going to warm up again um, down the road? or? We're going to go through a period of cooler weather following the succession of storms. And uh, so it'll get a little chilly again across parts of the region. As we get out into June, uh, we'll, we will definitely warm back up again. We're waiting for a ridge of high pressure to evolve uh, and become a persistent feature. It will show itself probably in June. It'll actually come and go a couple of times in that month. And then in July, it'll set up on a more... Uh, persistent basis, and uh, we'll see a lot of warmth at that point. But I think we're going to have a little period of uh, coolness around as we finish out May and move into early June. And we might warm up a little bit and then turn around and cool back down again. We can just kind of do that a couple of times, and then we'll get serious about summer heat and dryness as we get on out into uh, the July-August time period. That was Drew Lerner, Senior Ag Meteorologist with World Weather Inc., a look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Canadian cattle producers are enjoying some high prices. Brian Peria is with Canfax. You know, in Canada here, we've uh, seen our markets actually perform relatively well compared to the United States. Fed markets continues to strengthen, I guess, into the spring. Uh, we have the record strongest premiums to the U.S. market we've ever seen on fed cattle. You know, $15, $20 premiums to Nebraska. Uh, beef demand is extremely strong, and, and packing plants are pulling pretty hard on, on calves in between, you know, we're in between that yearlings and calf supply has traded a bit at tighter supply and supported prices. And Walmart Canada is now sourcing beef from certified sustainable farms and ranches, according to standards set by the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Additionally, Walmart is sourcing a large enough quantity of beef from sustainable sources for its Your Fresh Market brand beef patties that has been granted permission to include a sustainability certification label on each package. Walmart is the first grocery retailer in Canada to achieve this milestone. Walmart Canada sources 100% of its beef in Canada. And Keystone Agricultural Producers' new general manager is looking forward to the role. Here's Brenda Mahoney. This is an exciting opportunity uh, for me in my career. I really see this uh, role at CAP as a new general manager as my next step um, in that uh, commitment that I continue to make to agriculture and the opportunities that it continues to present to me. Mahoney takes over the job June 14th. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, May 18th. I'm Corey Canute. 
Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Bosser talks with Anne Wasco, the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with Anne Wasco, the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, about their program and how it's grown to include a major retailer. The certified sustainable beef program continues to, to get some pretty good traction uh, across Canada. Of course, uh, we, we started off many years ago or several years ago talking about McDonald's and we've had several restaurants come on stream since, but our most recent um, announcement uh, earlier this uh, last week uh, with Walmart Canada um, also diving into um, using on-pack certification for uh, certified sustainable beef claims. So we're pretty excited and uh, again, the, the product continues to gain momentum in terms of pounds sold. Remind everybody what being a certified sustainable farm or ranch really means for producers. We know Canadian beef is, is produced responsibly and sustainably, but what, what is going on with the certified sustainable program is that producers have taken that extra step, if you will, in terms of having their practices audited by a third party to the CRSB standards. And uh, those standards basically demonstrate sustainability across you know, a number of, uh, of areas. And, and again, end users are looking for that third party verification, you know, folks like McDonald's or Walmart or Loblaws or Chop or Harvey's, uh, those end users are looking for that third-party verification in terms of uh, verifying, like I say, that one extra step uh, to, um, to the certification of the sustainable framework. What does it really mean for producers now to see Walmart come on stream like this? Well, again, anytime you're getting these, these large uh, companies that have the kind of breadth you know, nationally and internationally of, uh, of big corporations like um, Walmart in this case, or when we, when we launched a food service with McDonald's several years ago, um, you, you get some, some big carry uh, in terms of uh, what that means, you know, across, across the entire uh, consumer base, you know, both here and abroad. So it's, it's, a, it's a big statement, um, in my opinion, and I think uh, it just continues to show you know, they're, they're the ones telling us, hopefully, what, what consumers are wanting. We're, we're a little bit a long ways away from that, that message piece. So anytime we can use our, the, our, our end users to help us tell, tell us what, what consumers are looking for, I think it's a positive story. And timing couldn't be better going into barbecue season. Absolutely. This is a great time, as you well know, from a get out the barbecue and grill season, especially after a year of COVID. I see wholesale prices very, very strong. Uh, both in the U.S. and Canada. So certainly that's uh, hopefully a good message in terms of more, more beef on the grill this, this spring and, and this summer. Generally, talk to us a little bit about pricing in the industry and how things have, have shaken out. Well, I, I wish it was all good news, Glenda Lee. I think um, it's been very frustrating for producers in terms of watching what's going on at, at the wholesale price level. Um, U.S. Uh, wholesale prices, the choice cutout, are, are almost at, you know, it's at the second highest levels we've ever seen. Uh, only highest level this last spring when packing plants were, were shut down or slowed down due to COVID. So that was a supply issue. This isn't a supply issue. This is uh, more cattle than there is um, hook space, generally speaking, in the U.S. And certainly that has meant big margins for, for packers. And uh, we haven't seen cattle prices uh, at the feedlot or at the producer level, you know, moving in step with that. So 
that it's a it's a frustrating time when you see one piece of the market moving faster than the other, um, especially when we're talking about record large packer margins. I've been talking with Ann Wasco, and of course, a rancher from the East End area, a market analyst and chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. Joining us now is Jeff English with Pulse Canada to give us an update on the lentil situation with India. There has been speculation for a while now that India may be in a position to start moving some of its tariffs related to lentils. Um, you know, certainly something that our industry is watching from uh, uh, with with particular interest. We did see over the weekend some movements on the policy front with respect to um, pigeon peas and and mung beans. Certainly not crops that Canada deals with, but we have seen some pressure, I think, on the Indian marketplace. And so we're, we're keeping a close eye to see how and if that will impact Canadian lentils. Has there been anything going there lately? Yeah, we, we've continued to see a strong demand and, and certainly industry would, would back this up. It, obviously, the attention of, of a lot of people has been focused on, on places outside of agriculture per se, certainly with respect to the COVID-19 pandemic. But we've seen demand continue to be strong and certainly when you take a look at kind of um, crop forecasts as they take the crop off in India and in terms of what, if any, shortfalls they can be expecting, we expect demand to remain strong. Just wanted to get an update on the uh, situation at the Port of Montreal as, as well. Uh, yeah, we continue to monitor kind of the, the damage that the strike had, albeit it was only for a week. And, you know, Pulse Canada and our member organizations played what I would call a leading role in, in rallying agricultural groups through our Stop the Strike campaign to bring awareness to this issue. We were pleased to see back-to-work legislation put forward and passed, but we know that that can be sometimes a temporary fix. So our focus right now is on ensuring that both sides reach a deal, that they reach something that is long-term so that we don't end up in this position again in six months' time. And I think I would add to that, Corey, that you know issues like these really kind of point toward the vulnerability of our Canadian supply chains. You know, if it's not a labor disruption, sometimes it's... Uh, you know, a protest on a rail line or, or, or other issues that pop up. It seems like we're talking about these issues about every six months. And so from a Pulse Canada standpoint, and I think from a larger Canadian agriculture standpoint, you know, we're going to be renewing and have renewed our call for a broader conversation around uh, supply chain logistics in the country. It's obviously an important part for Canadian farmers to know that they've got predictable and timely service on the railways so we can get those products to market like India. And we're just not seeing that. So right now, you know, Pulse Canada is, is certainly focused on helping improve that, that supply chain um, sector because we know that we're going to continue to rely on it. That was Jeff English with Pulse Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food is hosting an egg chat May 24th. Visit the MWAF website for details. Manitoba Pork is hosting an online workshop entitled What Can Biosecurity Software Offer My Farm? That'll take place Tuesday, May 25th at 1.30. 4-H Manitoba is hosting a video contest on now until the end of the month. And Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com.
Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, joining us now is Brian Peria with Canfax to give us a cattle market update. It's been rather interesting, uh, you know, in Canada here. We've uh, seen our markets actually perform relatively well compared to the United States. Uh, Fed markets uh, continues to strengthen, I guess, into the spring. Uh, premiums, you know, we've got some, of the, or we have the record strongest premiums to the U.S. market we've ever seen on fed cattle, you know, $15, $20 premiums to Nebraska. Uh, beef demand is extremely strong, and, and packing plants are pulling pretty hard on, on calves in between, you know, we're in between that yearlings and calf supplies, traded a bit at tighter supply and supported prices. Um, calves and feeders, you know, they're, they're, relatively flat you know the increasing grain market or volatile grain market continues to kind of keep a lid on on calf feeder prices and and dryness concerns in a large part of western canada uh you know most of the grass demand is is filled and uh uh some of these calves that were even destined for grass may be going into feedlots here and there so um you know price is still still quite strong but uh, a little bit of pressure on that side with you know the third wave of uh, covid here um i guess just talk about the impact have we seen any any shutdowns um this time around or uh you know you know and again uh, luckily in canada we've seen good good demand or uh uh, throughput of uh, cattle at the processing plants. So we haven't seen much issues for cattle, uh, especially Western Canada. Uh, there were slight slowdowns. You know, they, everybody had to get vaccinated and work that through. But uh, as I said, our slaughter's way well above a year ago, um, and that's partly what's supporting our basis levels. Unlike the U.S., is, has maybe struggled working through the the volumes of cattle they needed to. So. Uh, no, uh, through COVID, uh, the med plants uh, in Canada have been managing quite well. With the rise in the Canadian dollar here, I guess just touch uh, touch on that and what impact that that could have. Yeah, you know the dollar just uh, continues to trend higher. Uh, it's it's always a bit of a weight on on the market as well. You know that's the thing working against uh, us here with both grain and the dollar rising and, and continuing to rise from the 83, 84 cents. Hopefully, there's some resistance there as we pushed over 82 and a half uh, more recently, and um, you know uh, we just we just continue to watch that and uh, the U.S. dollar and overall commodity markets quite strong and it's hard to get too bearish the Canadian dollar when uh, you know general commodity markets are, are strong or strengthening as well. That was Brian Peria with Canfax giving us a cattle market update. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Keystone Agricultural Producers new general manager takes over the job June 14th. Brenda Mahoney talked about some of the key issues that she'll be focused on. Well, really working with the team, there's a lot going on, as you know, in the agricultural sector always. I think the adaptation to COVID-19 as well has been something that's been challenging for most organizations. So doing lots of uh, work with the team to see how we're all faring under those conditions. But most importantly, connecting with uh, the commodity members as well as the farmers in which we represent um, that's going to be my my first uh, real uh, focus. There's a lot of opportunities uh, for sustained growth through collaboration across the sector, and want to make sure I'm doing lots of reach out um, and, and connecting with all the people that matter to us, our stakeholders and members. Before joining CAP, Mahoney worked for Cereals Canada. And cattle producers are keeping a close eye on the Canadian dollar. Brian Peria is with Canfax. 
you know, the dollar just uh, continues to trend higher. Uh, it's, it's always a bit of a weight on, on the market as well. You know, that's the thing working against uh, us here with both grain and the dollar rising and then continuing to rise for the 83, 84 cents. Hopefully there's some resistance there as we pushed over 82 and a half more recently. And, um, you know, uh, we just we just continue to watch that and uh, the U.S. dollar and overall commodity markets quite strong and it's hard to get too bearish the Canadian dollar when uh, you know general commodity markets are, are strong or strengthening as well. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on spring seeding. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.